God we ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Thursday, January the 27th, 2022, and you are you are so close to the weekend. You're almost there. Just another couple of days, just a few hours, really, if you think about it. And then you get to enjoy your weekend. So today on the program, we're going to have, we're going to, it's a hot button topic today. Okay, just fair warning. Just going to give you this right out of the gate here. Just a little warning. Today's topic is the third rail. I mean, we can talk about anything. We, this this may be the untouchable subject. I'm not sure. Yoga. Is yoga dangerous? Is it okay? Is it harmless? Is it okay for Catholics? This is going to be an interesting conversation because I know that you know. Either you you practice yoga or you know someone who practices yoga. And everybody, even Father So-and-so, said it was okay. Right? We all know that. But today we're going to have a conversation with a moral theologian. Father Ezra Sullivan from the Order of Preachers is going to be joining us. And he's written a whole series of articles on the subject and uh, I think you're going to find him to be uh, sober, very balanced, and very straightforward, and uh, no hyperbole or anything like that. And uh, all the articles are linked up at spiritualdirection.com. But that's the question. Is it yoga just breathing and stretching exercises, or are there serious and real concerns for Catholics? And what ought we to know? Father Ezra Sullivan joins us at fifteen pa- or 35 past the hour, rather. At 15 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation about another sensitive subject, uh, Pope Francis. And what did he say again to parents whose children have issues with gender problems? We're, we're going to have a conversation about that at 15 past the hour and read you some articles with his comments and some commentary at 15 past. In the What's Concerning Us, lots in the news today. Of course, big news came out yesterday with Justice Stephen Breyer's uh, notification that he is going to retire, and th- things are heating up on Capitol Hill, already looking for his replacement. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Now, I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, President uh, Biden said he would uh, he would appoint a, a black justice, a black female justice. I think that's the what they're they're corralling him to do, yes. So. <laughs> he did mention that he was going to do that. Yeah. I don't know what race has anything to do with, you know, how, how good you are or, yeah. or your qualifications, so... Uh, I'd love to to hear about that, but I don't think there's a reason. I think they just want yeah, they just want to race bait. So, so it, it it's going to be interesting. We'll keep you up to date there. Anything else in the news that caught you by surprise? Uh, yeah, you know, there's always there's always some crazy headline, you know, and and I think this time Spotify sides with Joe Rogan after Neil Young <laughs> <What>? says, <laughs> I, "No, hold on, you're Listen. saying Neil Young didn't have the kind of talk, gravitas." Talk the about power? razor love. I mean, Neil. We're talking Neil Young here. I mean, he's on the top charts. Like, he's a legend. Forty years ago, maybe, but still, I way, like Neil Young. But you? you know what? Yeah, this is dumb. Anyway, he <laughs> he asked Spotify to take his stuff down because they kept Joe Rogan. So there you go, people. Uh, speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Adrian, do you know you Neil Young? You you probably ne- you probably have his of, best hits. I've never heard of Neil Young. You really? jammed to Neil no Young every day on your way home. Harvest I, Moon. I know. No. no? <laughs> I literally have no idea who he is, and uh, and so. But I what I do know is I'm on Spotify and uh-huh, Neil Young uh-huh. is not. That's what I know. So there you go, folks. And uh, <laughs> do you know about Neil Old? No, I don't. Nope. 
Nope. Is that actually a person? <laughs> no. But uh, oh, and I'm I'm excited for Father Ezra because one, he's a Dominican, and two, I know my my roommate is actually a convert from Hinduism, and so we talk about the uh, the whole dynamic between Hinduism and and syncretism, syncreting, syncing. Uh, Hinduism with Christianity and Catholicism specifically all the time. So it'll be a great conversation. I'm or excited. indifferentism, you know, sort of uh, like uh, nothing really has that much gravitas in their life, right? It all, it all kind of doesn't matter. We can just make a re- relative decisions and do things because it, it's all good. It's all just fine. So we're going to have that conversation coming up with Father Ezra Sullivan, OP, coming up at 35 past the hour. So if you know somebody in that category who's, you know, maybe they ought to tune in. Who knows? Maybe they might learn something. Let's dive in. We're going to be praying. But don't forget, uh, you have an opportunity to win a brand new Mercedes coming up at the end of February. It's a 2022 GLA uh, 250 in night black. And some lucky Catholic radio listener will be driving this. And we get to use the proceeds to support our Catholic media apostolate. So we'd be grateful to you. Um, you can get five tickets for only 100 bucks, so you get an extra one for free. Go to grnonline.com for the details. We're going to pray for your intentions uh, today, whatever your needs are. We're going to be including that. We ask you to pray for uh, one, of our, one of our CDT Insider fans, Clarissa, and her family today. Pray for them as well. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Rudy Carlos here. And uh, let's take a look at your headlines this morning. The Blaze reports Democrats call for Biden to honor pledge to appoint black woman to the Supreme Court. Saki says the president plans to honor the commitment. In light of the news that Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is planning to retire, Democratic lawmakers are calling for President Biden to abide by his pledge to appoint a black woman to the bench. News outlets have been reporting that Breyer plans to relinquish his seat, though the justice has not made any official announcement of his plans. If Breyer announces plans to step down, his departure will likely not shift the current composition of the court, which is often described as having a 6-3 to three conservative majority. However, President Biden will be able to nominate a replacement, and Senate Democrats could then unilaterally approve the pick without any Republican support. And the BBC reports Ukraine crisis. U.S. rejects Russian demand to bar Ukraine from NATO. The U.S. has rejected Russia's demand to bar Ukraine from NATO, amid warnings Russia might invade its neighbor. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken was giving Russia a formal response to its demands to resolve the Ukraine crisis. He says, quote, There should be no doubt about our seriousness of purpose when it comes to diplomacy, and we're acting with equal focus and force to bolster Ukraine's defenses and prepare a swift, united response further Russian aggression, he said. Separately, Democrats, uh, sorry, excuse me, separately, diplomats from Russia, Ukraine, France, and Germany reaffirmed a commitment to the long-standing ceasefire agreement in Ukraine, which had seen Russia-backed rebels seize territory in the eastern Donbass region. The Kremlin's deputy chief of staff, Dmitry Kozak, characterized the eight-hour talks in Paris as not simple, and the group is due to meet again in two weeks in Berlin. And The Hill reports Spotify sides with Joe Rogan after Neil Young ultimatum. 
Spotify is removing Neil Young's music after the musician gave the streaming service an ultimatum, saying it could not provide a platform to both him and Joe Rogan due to the podcast host's supposed fake information on COVID-19 vaccines. And Breitbart reports Biden administration mass releases single adult migrants into Texas border city. Fox News reporter Bill Malugan reported witnessing large numbers of single adult migrants being released by the Biden administration into an office space in Brownsville. Malugan said it is the first time that he has observed the direct release of single adults into Texas communities. Malugan's video shows a large number of migrants getting off a federally contracted transportation bus at an unmarked office. What you'll quickly notice here is that all of the single adults being released, almost all of them, he explained, did not have any children or family units. This raised eyebrows for us because single adults are supposed to be expelled from the country via Title 42, he continued. We watched as these migrants were ushered into the unmarked office. He said there were black tarps set up to block the view of the office's interior, and taxis later arrived and began shuttling migrants to the local airport. This discovery comes as Biden administration officials finally released the Southwest Land Border Encounters Report for Migrant ap Apprehensions for the month of December. The apprehension of migrants in December along the southwest border with Mexico jumped for the second straight month to 170,000. This represents an increase of more than 139% over the same month in 2021, and is more than three previous December reports combined. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Angela Marici, born in Desenzano, Italy. She was orphaned in her teens. As a young woman with her heart centered on Christ, Angela joined the Third Order of St. Francis and embraced austerity in a visionary experience. She felt called to found a company of women. Angela was invited to become a live-in companion for a widow in the nearby town of Bresca. There, she became the spiritual advisor of a group of men and women with ideals of spiritual renewal and service to those in need. While on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land in 1524, Angela was struck with blindness. She proceeded to visit the sacred shrine, seeing them with, the, with her soul. On the way back, while praying before a crucifix, Angela's sight was restored. At the age of 60, Angela and 12 other women began the company of St. Ursula, named for a patroness of medieval universities and venerated as a leader of women. This constituted a new way of life, single women consecrated to Christ and living in the world rather than in a monastery. With Angela as their mother and mistress, company members did not live in community, wore no special clothing, and made no formal vows. Angela Marici died in Bresca, Italy in 1540, Clothed in the habit of a Franciscan tertiary, her body was interred in Bresca's Church of St. Aphra. Four years later, in the company's rule that Angela had composed, prescribing the practices of chastity, poverty, and obedience, was approved by the Pope. In the early 1600s, companies that had expanded into France were reorganized into the religious order of St. Ursula to teach girls. Angela's words continued to inspire the Ursuline nuns' missions of education, a mission that spread worldwide. The Company of St. Ursula also continues to exist and is federated worldwide today with members in 30 countries. Angela Marici was canonized by Pope Pius VII in 1807. St. Angela Marici, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 4, verses 21 through 25. Jesus said to his disciples, Is a lamp brought in to be placed under a bushel basket or under a bed, and not to be placed on a lampstand? 
For there is nothing hidden except to be made visible. Nothing is secret except to come to light. Anyone who has ears to hear ought to hear. He also told them, take care of what you hear. The measure with which you measure will be measured out to you, and still more will be given to you. To the one who has, more will be given. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hadock issues a warning on this passage today. He says, They who do not profit by the knowledge of the word of God shall in punishment of their neglect lose the advantage which they may seem to have, since it will turn in the end to their greater condemnation. And moreover, by trusting to their own judgments, they interpret the word in a perverse sense and thus also lose what they seem to have. Close quote, Hadok. Wow, that is pretty powerful if you think about it. So we are given this great gift, this beautiful gift, a treasure found in a field that we should go and sell everything for. But how often do we rationalize our choices? How often do we make excuses and misinterpret and perverse the words, as even uh, St. Peter would warn that we would twist the words of St. Paul? This is a problem. Are we illuminating or are we snuffling that light that Christ gave to us? Christendom would say, not that it should remain obscure and hidden as if under a bed or a bushel, but but that it should be manifested to those who are worthy. The candle within us is that of our intellectual nature, and it shares either clearly or obscurely according to the proportion of our illumination. For if meditations which feed the light and the recollection with which such light is kindled are neglected, it is presently extinguished. Do you take for granted this great gift? Do you just assume that it's always available to you and it's fine, you'll get there someday, you'll, you'll meditate, you'll chew on the word, you'll chew on this gift of the patrimony of Holy Mother Church passed on from the apostles down through the bishops and, and to our time? Or do you just, just say, you know, whatever, it's all good. We just want to get along with the world. That's kind of it. You know, this is a real concern. The Theophilicate would say, for, the, for a candle gives light. Not when placed under a bed, but on a candlestick. This light indeed must be placed on a candlestick. That is, on the eminence of a godly life. Your life is either going to be a light to the world, or it's going to be a disaster and snuffle the light Christ has given to you. Put it on a candlestick for the whole world to see. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. So you're driving to work while listening to Catholic Drive Time. But you're not just driving any car. You're driving a midnight black 2022 GLA 250. Make 2022 your year by supporting the GRN and possibly winning a GLA 250 by going to grnonline.com and buying five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. Raffle ends February 21st and you must be 18 or older to participate. Some Protestants use 1 Timothy 4, 1-3 against the Catholic practice of consecrated celibacy and Lenten observances because Paul calls the forbidding of marriage and the consumption of meat doctrines of demons. Do Catholics need to be exercised? No. And here are some reasons why. 
First, Paul can't be condemning consecrated celibacy because in the next chapter he gives Timothy instructions on proper implementation of consecrated celibacy with regard to enrolled widows. Also, Paul can't be condemning all forms of abstinence from meats since he was part of the decision at the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 15 that decreed Gentile Christians abstain from meats offered to idols. What Paul was condemning is the Gnostic belief that nobody should marry and that one should always abstain from meats because matter is evil. So, fear not, Catholics, you have no need for an exorcism. I'm Corlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to be talking about yoga, a Catholic perspective with a moral theologian, Father Ezra Sullivan of the Order of Preachers. The Dominican is going to be joining us to talk about this. He has a series of articles out at spiritualdirection.com on the subject. I think it's like four or five articles And we're going to have a conversation around that, because we all know somebody, maybe it's you, I don't know, but you know somebody who is uh, into yoga, and are there conflicts with the Catholic faith? We're going to have that conversation coming up, 35 past the hour. But there are, as I say, several stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure to you as well. Uh, In fact, there was a story that came out, I think yesterday, last night even, about His Holiness Pope Francis making comments in his Wednesday audience that are leading some to confusion and others to jubilation, I suppose, and still others to anger. Uh, LifeSite News reports. Here's the headline. Pope Francis tells parents to embrace, not condemn, children with different sexual orientations. What's the story here? Let's get into it. Pope Francis today told parents of children with different sexual orientations not to condemn them, urging them instead to accompany their children. Delivering remarks at his Wednesday general audience, focusing on the role of St. Joseph as a model parent, the pontiff said he was moved to consider, quote, people who are crushed by the weight of life, close quote, going on to say, including, quote, parents who see different sexual orientations in their children, close quote. Holy Father Francis warned parents of LGBT kids, uh, he left the cue off, I wonder why, to, not, quote, not hide in an attitude of condemnation, close quote. The Pope's unscripted remarks offer yet another example of Francis's delicate tightrope walk of affirming church teaching when it comes to homosexuality and trying to extend a warmer welcome to LGBTQ persons, wrote National Catholic Reporter. However, uh, what some may perceive to be a tightrope act, others see as yet a more confusing message From this pontificate, which more often than not issues statements and engages in acts that challenge or defy rather than uphold church teaching on complementarity and sexual behavior. Quote, many of the statements Pope Francis has made are ambiguous and therefore troubling, for they can be interpreted in both an orthodox and a heterodox manner. Close quote. Observed Father Thomas Winity, OFM Capuchin, in 2019's First Things Commentary. Quote, however, the fact that Pope Francis articulates these positions in an ambiguous manner makes it almost impossible to accuse him rightly of heresy, close quote, Father Wanani said. The Pope's terse message advising parents to accompany, 
rather than condemn LGBTQ kids, uh, could easily be interpreted as directing parents to ignore church teaching while allowing only for affirmation of homosexuality and transgenderism. His words overlook the possibility of parents lovingly directing their, their children to psychological or spiritual counseling rather than affirming their child's proclaimed gay, lesbian, or trans identity. The list of confusing, if not troubling, and downright heretical messages from His Holiness Pope Francis regarding the Church's teaching on homosexuality and transgenderism continues to grow. Now, uh, the article goes on a little bit to say how he recognized a, a, a nun, a, a sister, or 50 years in the ministry, but someone who has had a troubling past and uh, I think supports lots of issues. And so that was kind of a big story that came out, I think, a couple of weeks ago. But here's the point that I want to make about this. You know, uh, parents, as the Catechism teaches, we are the the caretakers, the, uh, the the stewards, we are the managers, we are the primary educators of our children. Uh, we are, not the church. The church isn't the primary educator of our children. We parents are. You know, and in I, there, what to start off with, like parents automatically condemning their kids. Golly gee whiz, I love my children. Let me tell you something. I have six kids and three grandkids, and they drive me up a wall. of the time. My youngest is the most handful that we've had. And our oldest was pretty much a massive handful, let me tell you. But I love my children, no matter their faults. And when I see my own faults reflected back at me from them because they're observing my faulty behavior, I don't love them less. I love them more. Parents love their kids uh, because it's built into us to do so. It's part of our nature as parents to love our children. And when we see our kids struggling with something, especially when that something comes from horrible peer groups at institutions like like uh, like schools, for instance, not even not just public ones, but even Catholic ones like this article over the Daily Signal. The headline goes, quote, as I found out with my daughter, not even Catholic schools are safe havens from gender ideology. This family recounts how they had a major struggle with a a daughter that they found out the teachers were grooming into these trans clubs or these LGBTQ clubs. So they took their daughter out of the school, rightly so, praise be to God, took them over to the Catholic school, which should be a safe haven, only to discover that that school also supported this ideology. It's a troubling issue for parents to have to navigate the troubling waters that we face without the support uh, sometimes, not always, sometimes of Holy Mother Church, kind of making things harder for us as parents rather than easy. So that's one thing for me is just right out of the gate. Do you not trust that as parents we love our children, want the best for them, and will not struggle alongside them through all of the issues of of trying to navigate this difficult world while growing up? Because let me tell you, through blood, sweat, and tears, Your Holiness, have my wife and I stood by our children. Through blood, sweat, and tears, have we been there wrestling with them, alongside them, journeying with them, accompanying them, smelling like them, to get them into adulthood so that they might one day, hopefully, prayerfully, by God's grace, become saints. Because that is our only mission. It is not to embrace the friendship of the world, the ideologies of this world. It is to get them to heaven. And you know, and that reminds me of another story that came out, I think, uh, a couple of days ago, maybe over the weekend. This one is out of RT, uh, RT RT.com. I don't love RT. I don't usually look at it, but the headline caught me. Quote, "Gay gay Catholics come out, demand the church to accept them. 
a group of LGBTQ Catholics demand the Vatican revise its strict church doctrine to accommodate them. It says more than 120 LGBT priests, teachers, and church volunteers in Germany have launched an initiative out in church and demanded that Catholic higher-ups toss away their long-standing disdain for homosexual relationships and grant them greater freedoms within the church. The group said that they want to be able to live and work openly as LGBTIQ. I don't even know what the I, I is for. LGBTIQ plus. Intersex. Oh, well, I can't keep track. It's like a whole new alphabet there. Persons in church without fear, in quote, quote, including to serve in all church occupations, even while in same-sex marriages or partnerships. They also urged the, uh, the church to revise, quote, outdated statements, unquote, on gender and sexual sexuality, opposed, quote, all forms of discrimination, close quote, and allow LGBTQ persons to receive holy sacraments. The church should rectify a wrong by admitting its institutional history of guilt toward gay people, the group said in its list of demands published online. <clears throat> this, is, this is troubling at best. Now, His Holiness Pope Francis has in the past affirmed that, that you cannot have you know, marriages between same-sex couples. Uh, this is against church teaching. It's not just against church teaching, but it's also against natural law itself, which is what our church teaching is based off of. Natural law. So natural law indicates that all human beings on planet Earth are subject to it, not just some of them, not just the ones with the creed that you and I profess, but all human beings. For instance, gravity. We all have to live by gravity, whether we want to or not. And trust me, I would love to deny gravity. But whether I want to or not, or whether I believe it or not, it doesn't matter. Gravity is still true, whether I like it or not. Same thing for murder. We Murder is wrong in all parts of the universe, there's no exception to the rule. Every human being, no matter their creed, uh, follows that because it's natural law. It is wrong. We all know it's wrong to murder another person. Natural law also affects how we interact as human beings on a sexual level. And we know that the foundation of society is a man and a woman sacrificing themselves to each other in committed relationship to build the foundation upon which life can not just be brought to bear, but also to be formed into human persons that will go out and become saints and transform the world. It is the very bedrock of society, and we are tearing it apart one brick at a time. And it's a troubling issue. Now we're seeing priests come out. They're not even hiding. They're just coming out. Teachers, church volunteers, Germany is on the edge of schism. We must pray for Germany, fast and do penance. That is the answer to all of the world's problems. Pray, fast, and do penance for this world. But we must not give in to error simply out of a sort of an emotional response to wanting everybody to go along to get along. It, it lacks charity. What about those children, going back to His Holiness Pope Francis, what about those children who find themselves confused? confused about their gender uh, uh, situation, let's just say. Maybe they're in peer groups that are difficult or, or troubling. Maybe, maybe they have some confused uh, emotions or thoughts in their minds. As parents, do we just say, oh, you're born that way and everything's just fine? Or do we help them through that situation? Do we not have an obligation as parents to not affirm people in error? Where is the charity if we simply turned the cheek and pretended as though everything was true and correct, 
even if it violates things like natural law. How would that be charitable as parents? We would be doing a wrong there. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe there are parents who do out of anger or spite or something condemn their children and and things get really bad and families get uh, broken and, and fractured. And for those families, we should pray, we should fast, and we should do penance. But I have to say, most parents that I know who have children, who've had difficult children and difficult times with children, they don't just give up because times are hard. They slog through it for the sake of their kids. They sacrifice everything for the sake of their children. And we all know that uh, children, I mean, you and I were there, right? You and I have been through this. You and I have been those kids that were difficult. We've given our parents grief and indigestion and sleepless nights and, and the rest. I know I have, and I'm sure you have too. And yet our parents didn't give up on you, and they didn't give up on me. So this is the thing that gets me about this story with His Holiness. It's like right out of the gate, there's an assumption here that all parents are doing this. And I would argue probably very few. Probably very few parents outright condemn their kids because of, of some difficulty in their life like this. They more than likely are trying to help their children as best they can, given the circumstances. But you know what might be more of a help to parents? You know what parents really need right now more than anything is clarity. Clarity from Holy Mother Church and not vagueness and ambiguity. Clarity would help us to know the direction that we should take where Holy Mother Church is, is pointing us towards the salvation of souls. Instead of vagueness and ambiguity, please, Your Holiness, we beg of you, give us clarity. We are praying for the Church, we are praying for His Holiness, and we are praying for parents everywhere to stand fast. We'll be right back. More breaking news and stories from Father Ezra is coming up right after this break. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church, with over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith. Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, you are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. You could win a 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 and help drive home the Word of God. The GRN is raffling off this night black compact SUV with the luxury and performance you expect from Mercedes-Benz to support the mission of Catholic Radio. This car could be yours for only $25. Buy four tickets, you get one free. The 2022 GRN car raffle ends February 21st, so get your tickets today at grnonline.com slash raffle. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now more headlines. 
One American News reports UK police arrest two men, two more men, over Texas synagogue attack. British police said on Wednesday they had arrested two men in the northern English city of Manchester as part of a U.S. investigation into a hostage-taking at a synagogue in Texas earlier in January. British police had previously said they had arrested four people over the incident, two teenagers in Manchester, plus one man in Birmingham, and another man in Manchester. The teenagers have been released without charge. The day-long siege occurred on January 15th when a British man took four people hostage at a synagogue in Colleyville, about 16 miles northeast of Fort Worth, Texas. The gunman died as federal agents stormed the temple while the four hostages were released unharmed. And the Washington Times reports gun rights group sues California City for requiring liability insurance. A national gun rights group is suing California, a California City that has approved legislation requiring gun owners to carry liability insurance. The measure, which the San Jose City Council approved on Tuesday, is an unprecedented step according to the federal lawsuit that the National Association for Gun Rights and local gun owner Mark Sykes filed that evening. The complaint seeks nominal damages and an injunction to overturn an unconstitutional and unlawful ordinance that violates the Second Amendment right to bear arms by placing an unfair financial burden on gun owners. The lawsuit said San Jose will require virtually all gun owners within its city limits to pay unspecified sums of money to a private insurance company and an unspecified fee to an unidentified government-chosen nonprofit simply to exercise their constitutional right to own a gun. And the AP reports Biden cancels lease renewals for proposed Minnesota mine. The Biden administration on Wednesday canceled a move by former President Donald Trump to renew mineral rights leases for a proposed twin metals copper nickel mine in northeastern Minnesota. Trump had signed an order a month before the 2020 presidential election declaring a national emergency over the country's reliance on imported metals used to manufacture computers, smartphones, batteries for electric cars, and other items. And the New York Post reports alleged teen drug dealer charged with murder after 12-year-old dies of fentanyl overdose. A teenage drug dealer in California was charged with murder on on Tuesday after selling fentanyl to a 12-year-old girl who fatally overdosed. The suspect, whose name was not released because he is 16 years old, sold the victim a powerful opioid in 2020. Santa Clara prosecutors said in its press release, she died after ingesting a portion of a single pill, officials said. Tuesday's arrest marked the second time Santa Clara prosecutors charged a teenage drug dealer with murder after the customer fatally overdosed, officials said. Ingesting just 0.02 grams of the drug results in certain death, according to National Center for Disease, National Center for Drug Abuse Statistics. Fentanyl was a factor in more than half of U.S. drug overdoses. It killed some 4,200 people in 2020, the agency said. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. We're going to jump into a conversation now with Father Ezra Sullivan. Uh, He is with the Order of Preachers, a Dominican out of the province of St. Joseph, about yoga, something we all are familiar with, because I'm sure we know someone, if if not you, dear listener, somebody you know, I'm sure, has been practicing yoga, over 20 million yoga practitioners uh, in in growing, I imagine, but I have personally encountered many Catholics who who are into yoga, and we thought we'd have a conversation around that because Father Ezra has a whole series of articles on this subject over at spiritualdirection.com, and he joins us now by Zoom. Good morning to you, Father Ezra. Good morning. How are you? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. 
How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. I'm, I'm here in Rome. It's a sunny day and uh, just doing well. Wonderful. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, you're a moral theologian uh, by way of uh, disclaimer there. So I think this is one of those hot button issues. In fact, I mean, I've gotten away with a lot of crazy topics uh, on the program, but this may be the most controversial topic we will ever talk about, uh, yoga, because so many Catholics... Uh, are participating in yoga, and you hear it from from talking heads, subject matter experts. They'll say, "Oh, it's no big deal. It's breathing. It's it's uh, stretching." I don't know why you're so bent out of shape. So we hear that a lot. But what is the real deal with yoga? Maybe you can start by defining it, Father Ezra. Yeah. So um, yoga is difficult to define because it, it exists in a lot of different forms. And um, I would say overall, we, it, it is a comprehensive system of human culture, which includes physical, moral, and psychological elements. It acts as a doorway to this gently sloping path toward yoga proper, which is actually a spiritual exercise to unite yourself with the entire universe. You know, Father, my roommate, I live with a couple guys, uh, friends of mine, and one of my roommates is a convert from Hinduism. He uh, mm. recently, for uh, two years ago, and, you know, there's a, the problem with uh, that a lot of people have with it. They say, okay, well, you know, I can have a Christian yoga. I can uh, make it Catholic, have Catholic meditations instead of these other meditations, and I can have this kind of syncretism. But the problem is, and I've noticed this talking to my friends who, my friend who is Hindu, and, or was Hindu, and he was telling me, he's like, yeah, I mean, my mom, she's totally, she was like, why do you have to become Catholic? Why can't you just add Jesus to your, to, to one of the gods that we pray to? Uh, that's fine. You could do that. No big deal. And uh, there's a failure of understanding of what the connection between the Hindu faith and why it's incompatible with the Christian faith. Could you comment on that? Yes, absolutely. When I was in India, I saw exactly what you're describing. Namely, I, I visited people's houses and they would have on their walls a picture of Ganesh, which is the elephant-headed god uh, in Hinduism. And then they would have a picture of, say, the Sacred Heart. And for mm -hmm. them, Jesus was another incarnation of the general divine. And so they could have multiple gods and, oh, well, Jesus is the one who helps me with some things. Ganesh helps me with other things. And um, in many yoga studios, even in the United States, there will be Sanskrit chants where people will call upon those gods in order to receive their power and their help. It's astonishing. Um, sometimes you'll see a, a statue of Buddha or of Shiva. And it shows the religious origins of yoga. And so just as we can't have Catholic Hinduism, so we can't have Catholic yoga. Just not possible. It, that's interesting because I was thinking about the fact that uh, when you mentioned the, the point about Sanskrit, my friend, when he converted to Catholicism, uh, but he was a brand new Catholic, and he still had a little bit of lingerings of the uh, of his Hindu beliefs, he would he showed up one day and he was like, "Oh yeah, I was studying Sanskrit with my with my uncle, and he was uh, and we start off uh, by praying to Sanskrit, and I and he had this idea that the the gods or these like these uh, concepts in Hinduism are like are are neutral." But he, what if it was failed to be uh, brought to his attention when he was converting is St. Paul's admonition that all the gods of the pagans are demons. And so even these like minor things that seem to be kind of like, they're not actually a god, you know, we're just, we're just like praying to an, a, 
idea or a concept, and that concept and idea ultimately brings us to the uh, to the divine, to God uh, Himself. Uh, what about those kind of situations? Well, again, you know, the, it, when, when I was in uh, India, one of the things that was brought home to me is that some people had a notion like the gods really existed, that they could have power, and you could call upon them for specific things. They would even pray to um, material elements like the Ganges River. But then another guru, he pointed out to me, he said, well, it's really the simple people who believe in those gods. He says the more sophisticated gurus, which I guess he included himself, he said, well, we believe that all the gods are just illusions. They're ultimately um, just avatars of this greater divinity that exists everywhere. In, in either case, Catholics cannot call upon these gods, whether, whether you know, we believe that they're demons or whether we believe they're just illusions or metaphors for some other kind of Hinduistic understanding of divinity. Um, as you say, uh, St. Paul pointed out that all the gods of the pagans are demons. That was the understanding of Zeus and of you know, Aphrodite and Mars and all the Greek gods. And Catholics very early on were martyred for not praying to those gods for not calling upon them. So the witness of the early church, I think, is really one of the best examples for us to approach yoga now, is to say that just as the early Christians could never have had any kind of syncretistic union with Greek or pagan ideas, neither can Christians nowadays with any Hinduistic ideas of the gods. We have just about a couple of minutes left before we have to go to a quick break. We're talking with Father Ezra Sullivan, O.P., about the dangers of yoga from a Catholic perspective. What, uh, Father, let me play devil's advocate for just one sec real quick. Uh, call it you is, Father. My yoga studio doesn't have a Buddhist statue, no Sanskrit chanting going down. It's just breathing and stretching. What would you say to that? I would say what they're doing might not even be yoga at all. Um, one of the very interesting things I've discovered in doing uh, research on the history of some yoga postures is that uh, some of them actually were derived from Swedish body bodylifting culture in the 19th century. And what happened is there were actually men from India who went to England who discovered you know, gymnastics and uh, stretching and so on. They brought it back to India. This is the early 1900s, uh, late 1800s, and then they they incorporated that into yoga, and so so it's very complicated actually to say oh well one posture is yoga and one posture is not yoga, but I think it, it's it's easier just to say avoid yoga in general under whatever name it is because what happens is almost always people get involved in yoga for physical reasons and they end up staying in it for spiritual reasons. Even if there's not a Sanskrit chant or a God that they're praying to per se, people get sucked into it because it has this syncretistic um, tendency in general. Hold that thought, Father Ezra Sullivan, OP is our guest. Yoga is the topic and we're gonna be right back after this very short break. So don't go anywhere, do us a favor and share us with a friend. We all know people who are we're practicing yoga, and they may learn something in this conversation that might very much benefit their life and their family. So share this with them if you could. But we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Howdy. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time, 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals? Why do people complain about rituals in the church? They don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives. They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, Ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. Speed to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Father Ezra Sullivan, OP, is our guest. He is a Dominican friar from the province of St. Joseph and a moral theologian and has a series of articles on yoga and a Catholic perspective over at spiritualdirection.com. We're going to link to it. You should check it out. They're great. Welcome back to the show, Father. Thank you. Good to be back. Um, we had uh, one of our CDT insiders, uh, Christopher Chance, was asking, uh, Father mentioned different types of yoga. Could he elaborate on that? And let me just uh, sort of throw in with that question with Christopher there, the different types of yoga, going to something uh, you were addressing at the uh, right before we went to break. And that, and that keeps coming back to mind. A lot of Catholics who, who say that they are participating really try to you know, make the argument that this is harmless, there's nothing going on. So in the different types of yoga that you might address here, I wonder, is there is there a version that is truly harmless? It, you know, a, absolutely harmless from a Catholic perspective, or is the answer to that no, and we all have to have concern for all types? A Father Ezra Sullivan. So if it's yoga, it's not compatible with Christianity. That, that That's just the fundamental premise we have to start with, and therefore any kind of yoga is spiritually dangerous to Christians. Now, some stretching and breathing isn't yoga, and that's where it becomes a little bit difficult, where um, if you look at some yoga practitioners, they will do stretching that you find in gymnastics, or they'll actually use other kinds of exercises, say found in Pilates or things that people have, you just sitting cross-legged. Well, sitting cross-legged isn't particular to yoga and people do that in cultures all around the world. So we, we have to be really clear though, that when I say all yoga is dangerous for Christians, what I mean is it's a system. And when people accept this practice as a system, then they may start out with simple bodily postures, but pretty soon they may start eating in a different way. They may start practicing uh, morals in a certain way, and their own spirituality starts to slowly change. So that's why I would say it's not dangerous to do some kinds of breathing. It's not dangerous to do some kinds of stretching. Breathing and stretching are things that are natural to human beings, but yoga as a system is always dangerous. Now, Father, aside from breaking, potentially breaking, well, actually, you would break the first commandment in this situation, which is worse, is it's bad enough. 
Um, what would you say to a Catholic who is not convinced about so the spiritual I, dangers? One of the one of the dangers of the yoga philosophy in general is it starts to believe that the individual is divine. And what happens then is instead of worshiping God, who is three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, separate from us, who created us, instead, people who practice yoga start to believe that they themselves are equivalent to the divine. And so it actually becomes a kind of a narcissistic self-worship, which is, you know, <laughs> something that modern people are quite amenable to, unfortunately. I, I don't know, Father. Uh, I, do, uh, I do curls with a fork uh, many times a day, so I'm trying to keep this body looking as good as possible. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't need to go to yoga to do that. But at any rate, uh, I joke. Um, what, about the, what about the dangers of the body? Like, I want you to elaborate on that, what you were just saying, because I've heard you talk about this before. It, the dangers on the person who practices yoga it, what are what's the spectrum here? I mean, I've heard that exorcists have talked about this, so that's sort of more on the extreme level. But what about the other opposite end of that spectrum? What are the sort of the the easier or the the lighter stuff? Maybe you can speak to that. Yes, yes. So certainly, I have talked with exorcists who um, they've known uh, women who were uh, possessed by demons because of calling upon them in Sanskrit prayers in the context of yoga. Absolutely true. Um, that does not happen for the most part for most yoga practitioners. You really have to be deeply, typically into what is called kundalini yoga. But even on, on um, say, a less dangerous but, sp but still dangerous level is what I was describing as this kind of theological narcissism, whereby people start to worship their body, they want themselves to look as beautiful as possible, and then it leads to this kind of vanity where everything becomes focused in their life around a certain kind of look, around um, wanting people to acknowledge somehow that they are superior in some way. And, and of course, this is, this is related to a very specific culture. Um, in the United States, it's mostly upper class um, or upper middle class women who have a lot of free time, who are able to uh, practice this yoga, whereas people who are busily working and they're, they're involved in lots of other activities – you're naturally less narcissistic because you're able to focus on the good of other people. So I'm not saying that all yoga practitioners are egoistic or narcissistic, but it can tend to lead to that direction when people start to think, oh, I am a goddess. Mm. And people will say that in some kind of literal sense. It's, it's, it's astonishing. Mm. You know, Father, I was thinking when you said that, I was thinking immediately of your article. I think it was the number, uh, your second article. You say, um, I have the quote here and I want to get your comments on it. You said, Ellen is a medical student and thinks of herself as a rational person who doesn't go in for mystical experiences. But one day as she closed her eyes and relaxed in Savasana, Ellen felt a powerful maternal energy around her and saw the Hindu goddess Durga, whose picture graced the yoga studio's back wall. For a moment, the many-armed goddess face lingered in front of her, looking alive and full of compassionate love. Then the image disappeared, though, through, though the sweet, strong energy stayed with Ellen for hours. Uh, what exactly are you talking about here, and what is this, what is this going on? Well, in this case, this, this was a demonic manifestation that um, 
this this maternal goddess supposedly um, that exists within Hinduistic mythology can manifest itself in different forms. And Durga is one of them. Shakti is another one. And um, Ellen, in this case, she because of her deep level of meditation and her approach to some of these prayers, she actually started to witness the demon manifesting itself to her as a kind of maternal force. Um, and, and, and this is where it becomes extremely dangerous, where if a person isn't spiritually sophisticated and knows to reject that spiritual force immediately, it can creep into their life and they can actually start to try to draw energy from it. Wow. And you'll see this in um, one of the one of the publications that's um, most widely read is called Yoga Journal. And they will actually encourage people to call upon the goddess within mm. in order to practice yoga more effectively. And this is what we're talking about, is this um, this demonic force first manifesting itself as maternal, but eventually it starts to take over a person's life and it undermines their own God-given femininity. You know, that makes me think of the fact that, you know, it's very apropos that you as a Dominican are attacking this uh, error because you're talking about the the fact that it, it's a contrary to the body. Even like the innocuous versions of uh, yoga are an attack against the body and the soul composite, which, you know, the Dominicans fighting against the Albigensian heresy. Could you talk about how those relates and maybe how the rosary and Catholic spirituality can actually be a proper uh, way to try to get what some people are seeking from yoga? Modern life is essentially imbalanced. Some people will focus so much on the goods of the body, whether how they look or their pleasure, that they forget that the soul really matters. And our own moral stance with respect to God is what gives us our primary dignity with grace operating in the soul. But other people will say, oh, it doesn't matter what I do with my body. And therefore, only the thing that matters is my intention. And as long as my intention is good, I can do whatever I like with my body. And, and Catholics have the balanced understanding, which is your body and soul are united organically in your single person. And just as Jesus Christ, he's God incarnate. So our, our way of understanding our own dignity is to see the dignity of Christ and then to try to imitate him both in our body, our physical actions, as well as in our souls by worshiping God alone. So ultimately, we have this, this unification of body and soul, which is why in the sacred liturgy, we kneel down. This is why we use holy water. This is why we use incense and candles, because we are bodily beings, and what we do with our body can help our spirit. So the rosary is a great example of that. Insofar as we can pray, you know, we have the rosary in our hands, we're moving our fingers across the beads, but we're also saying the words, and we're trying to use our imagination in order to, to recall the mysteries of the life of Christ. So it actually is an integrative prayer you know, that integrates all of these senses that we have in the rosary, while also leading us beyond the senses to the realm of faith. Father, I want you to comment on indifferentism in yoga. I mean, today we're looking at the gospel today and uh, about the light of Christ not being held under a bushel basket or head, held under a bed, but put on a candlestick for the whole world to see. And the early church fathers uh, make it clear that we are, we're to live a godly life and let that light shine in the world around us. And yet, having said that, Haydock in his commentary today warned us about being indifferent to the gospel that's been proclaimed, this gift that we've been given. And I think many, many Catholics are kind of in this same boat. They're like, oh, come on, it's not that bad. 
you're you're overdoing it, and they're just going to continue on doing what they're doing. Is this one of the spiritual dangers that Catholics will face if they practice yoga? Absolutely. Because yoga tends towards syncretism, what it does is it will try to erase or dissolve the distinctions between Christianity and non-Christian religions. And, uh, you know, as Catholics, we know that Christ is the only God incarnate. There aren't multiple avatars. There aren't multiple gods. There's one God and him alone do we serve. And to love him with all of our hearts is the first commandment. And so, what happens is as people start to practice this vague spirituality, it starts to lead to indifferentism, not only with respect to the person of Christ, but also with respect to all of the things that make Catholicism distinct. Suddenly the liturgy seems less important. Some, suddenly our moral claims seem less important. And then everything sinks down to this more general level where all things become, as it were, united in a vague kind of gray mass. Whereas when we go to you know church, we see the distinctions among things, but that are united harmoniously. All right. Well, we are out of time. Father Ezra Sullivan, OP, thank you for your time today. Very insightful conversation. We have linked up to this series of articles on this topic. Some really good insights. Share this with friends and family who are in this category. It might make a big impact on their lives. SpiritualDirection.com. Look for his articles there. Father Ezra, God love you. God bless you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. God bless you too. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. Thank you for joining us for that. We're very grateful. If you can, join us in the second hour. We're going to have a fun time. It's going to be a good time. We hope that you're going to be there with us. Don't forget to get your car raffle tickets. You might win a Mercedes, and we get to keep Catholic Radio alive and well. Go to grnonline.com for the details. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. You could win a 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 and help drive home the word of God. The GRN is raffling off this night black compact SUV with the luxury and performance you expect from Mercedes-Benz to support the mission of Catholic Radio. This car could be yours for only $25. Buy four tickets, you get one free. The 2022 GRN car raffle ends February 21st, so get your tickets today at grnonline.com raffle. Does hope give light to your day? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. At the end of the long list of good works in his rule, St. Benedict finally gives the most important one. Never lose hope in God's mercy. Hope means that we bring the future, where Jesus already reigns as risen Lord and Savior, into the trials, fears, and discouragements of everyday life. 
Hope allows us to give a gentle reply to an angry outburst, to remain calm in the face of disappointments, to continue doing what we know we are supposed to do, even when the outcome seems fruitless. Hope allows us to turn over the results of our efforts to God, who will bring them to the completion He wills. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com There are many places where the light of Jesus' resurrection does not shine. There is no place where it cannot shine in hope. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Thursday, January the 27th, 2022. Can you believe it's going to be February, like, in a day or two? I mean, it's just crazy how fast time is traveling right now. At least it feels that way to me. I'm not sure about you. Uh, We just wrapped up a great conversation with Father Ezra Sullivan from the Order of Preachers, the Dominicans, a moral theologian, talking about yoga from a Catholic perspective. Going to be... Uh, posted to our YouTube channel and Rumble and Odyssey, other places, uh, probably later today. But at some point, you can find all the links on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Also, while you're there, make sure to sign up for our CDT Insider email list. Every Thursday, which today is that day, I send out an email to the insiders. And I send them exclusive content, content we don't usually have on the show or other places, in addition to links to the interviews and and content that we have produced here. So if you would like to get that exclusive content sent to your email inbox, all you need to do is go to the website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Look for the CDT Insider email uh, list link. Click on that, and you can sign up. It only takes a moment. And just to say thank you for your time and your trouble, we will send you a talk by Father Bill Casey from uh, the Fathers of Mercy, who gave a talk a year before last on the state of the union, state of the church, where we're at now, where we are headed, what we must do. It's a powerful talk. You're going to get a lot out of it. It's going to inspire you. And that's going to be just a thank you for signing up. So go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Get on the list this morning so that you get my blast later today with our exclusive content. And I have a nice piece of content to send your way today. I think I'm going to be sending an exclusive interview with Claire Allerud that we did we did not put on the radio. 
Um, I think I'll be sending that later today. It's very, very good. You're going to get uh, a blessing out of that. So, again, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Great uh, interview with Father Ezra. That was killer. Yeah. Love that interview. It's going to ruffle some feathers, though, but not intentionally. You ever just salute your interior power, your interior strength? Like you just you that lift sounds, up your arms that and sounds, just pull and we, in. Maybe we ought to get Father back because maybe what he said didn't <laughs> he affect you. He said it was you. good, right? He didn't, it didn't affect you quite good enough, I would say. Uh, I don't want to be in saluting any interior or anything. Okay? <laughs> no, thanks for nothing. I joke, people. I it's, joke. it's a joke. All right. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Oof. Speaking of a joke? No. Dang. Interior power. Interior Ouch. power. You know, despite the fact that I am uh, the butt of the joke. <laughs> You're the interior is, power. It is, it is still good to be here, despite mm-hmm. the fact mm-hmm. But praise be to God, it's good to be here. And Father Ezra was amazing, as expected. I mean, what do you expect when you have a Dominican friar on the show? I well, mean, it's gonna be, it's got to be a good show, right? I have a I list mean, of things too that are I'm just expectations. Saying, I'm just saying when it comes to Dominicans, and nothing but good things. Mm-hmm. Nothing but good things. Uh-huh. But we're gonna need balance in the space time continuum today and the interior piece. Uh, so we'll have to do a Franciscan for the saint of the day. I just changed it. It's a different thing. <laughs> different thing today. Of course you did. All right, we're kidding, of course. It's just a laugh. But at any rate, we are going to have a good news story coming up for you in just one moment. And then we'll have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. And then we will do our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we continue to give you opportunities to get in on the prize drawing this week, which is going to be pretty amazing. We're giving out a prize pack sponsored by Catholic Drive Time. We are the sponsor this week, which includes this wonderful little book produced by Rudy, uh, The Seven Sorrows Devotion. And it's a wonderful little meditation on Our Lady's Seven Sorrows. Powerful stuff. You're going to get that. You're going to get an autographed mug from Catholic Drive Time Crew. You're going to get the Pray DVD about Father Patrick Payton and some other goodies I'll put in the pack just for you. Uh, But you have to call and be our contestant to try to get in on that today or tomorrow. We pull the winner tomorrow. So that's the deal coming up at 15 past. By the way, a little pro tip, you can find the phone number, the rules to the game, and more on our website. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt but also while you're there don't forget to get your car raffle tickets for the mercedes which you could you would look good in that mercedes by the way you would look fantastic it's a midnight or it's a night black gla 250 and uh, i get dibs on the first ride you can win it you get to drive it but i get the first ride that's the deal go to grnonline.com to get your tickets or call your local station manager that would be better let's pray in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost amen Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Rudy Carlos here, and now your good news story for the day. Well, actually, today you get a twofer. The Blaze Report's dramatic video shows Father on his knees, begging as hero cop saves his choking baby's life. A Los Angeles police officer, Sergeant Body... 
A Los Angeles Police Department sergeant's body cam footage captured the moment a panicked motorist ran into the road with a listless toddler in his arms. Sergeant Bunjun Kim was on patrol duty in the area of Bellevue Avenue and Echo Park Avenue on the evening of January 19th when he noticed two parents across the intersection screaming for help. A release from the LAPD stated that the man in hysterics rushed towards the officer with a limp child in his arms. The man could be heard screaming, I don't know what's wrong, officer. Please, I don't know what's wrong. Kim jumped into action, was almost immediately able to clear the choking toddler's airway after deftly radioing in for medical backup. The unnamed child immediately began crying and gasping for air after the officer dislodged an object from her throat. KHOU-TV reported that Kim, a father of a three-year-old child, said that he is glad everybody's safe. The whole incident, 45 seconds or a minute, whatever it was, my big thing at the time was getting the paramedics there, he said, and it didn't really hit me about what's going on until they got there, and there was a sigh of relief once the baby started breathing and crying. Kim said that he and the child's father embraced following the emotional ordeal. I spoke to the dad, and he was grateful. We shared a hug, Kim said. I think it was a sigh of relief for both of us fathers. Paramedics arrived at the scene and took the child to a local hospital for treatment. She was listed in stable condition and is expected to recover. And the AP reports, Michigan Settlement lets faith agencies deny LGBT adoptions. Faith-based adoption agencies that contract with the state of Michigan can refuse to place children with same-sex couples under a proposed settlement filed in federal court on Tuesday, months after the U.S. Supreme Court ruled for a Catholic charity in a similar case. And that's really good news. God love you. The, need to turn my mic on. The saint of the day is St. Angela Marici. Born in Desenzona, Italy, she was orphaned in her teens as a young woman. With her heart centered on Christ, Angela joined the Third Order of St. Francis and embraced austerity. In a visionary experience, she felt called to found a company of women. Angela was invited to become a live-in companion for a widow in the nearby town of Bresca. She, there she became the spiritual advisor to a group of men and women with ideals of spiritual renewal and service to those in need. While on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land in 1524, Angela was struck with blindness. She proceeded to visit the sacred shrine, seeing them with her soul. On the way back, while praying before a crucifix, Angela's sight was restored. At the age of 60, Angela and 12 other women began the Company of St. Ursula, named for, the, for a patroness of medieval universities and venerated as a leader of women. This constituted a new way of life, single women consecrated to Christ and living in the world rather than in a monastery. With Angela as their mother and mistress, company members did not live in community, wore no special clothing, and made no formal vows. Angela Marici died in Bresca, Italy in 1540, clothed in the habit of a Franciscan tertiary. Her body was interred in Bresca's Church of St. Aphra. Four years later, in the company's rule that Angela had composed, prescribing the practices of chastity, poverty, and obedience was approved by the Pope. In the early 1600s, companies that had expanded into France were reorganized into the religious order of St. Ursula to teach girls. Angela's words continued to inspire the Ursuline Sisters' mission of education, a mission that spread worldwide. The Company of St. Ursula also continued to exist and is federated worldwide today with members in 30 countries. Angela Marici was canonized by Pope Pius VIII 
no, 7th in 1807. St. Angela Marici, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 4, verses 21 through 25. Jesus said to his disciples, Is a lamp brought in to be placed under a bushel basket or under a bed, and not to be placed on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be made visible. Nothing is secret except to come to light. Anyone who has ears ought to hear. He also told them, Take care what you hear. The measure with which you measure will be measured out to you, and still more will be given to you. To the one who has, more will be given. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Venerable Bede said, quote, Be not ashamed of the Gospel, but amidst the darkness of persecution, raise the light of the Word of God upon the candlestick of your body keeping fixedly in your mind that day when the Lord will throw light upon the hidden places of darkness. For then everlasting praise awaits you and everlasting punishment your adversaries. Close quote. Venerable Bede, pray for us. Adrian? Yes. One thing to note here is the fact that our Lord here is giving us a command. He is telling us there's something we must do. And what is that thing that we must do? Well, it is to preach the gospel. That what is said in secret, what is said in darkness, that speak ye in light. Now, what does this mean? Well, what is spoken in darkness, meaning he's referring to the apostles, talking to the apostles right now. He's saying, hey, I'm telling you all this right now. This is between us right now. But it's go everything that I'm saying is about to become clear. Because right now, not everything is clear. But soon it will be. And when it is clear, you will speak it in the light. You will tell everyone, all nations. Cornelius Lapide says, And he said unto them, Take heed what ye, what ye hear. The meaning says, uh, Attend to the things which ye hear of me, that ye may understand them and commit them to memory, that when the proper time shall arrive, ye may communicate them to others. This is important. Our Lord here is saying that, Listen. Listen carefully to what I am saying. And for us, that means we must learn the scripture. We must learn the teachings of the church. We must understand them. He says that ye may understand them and commit them to memory. Why do we do this? What is the purpose of this? Our Lord tells us, or at least Cornelius Lapide puts these words into the mouth of our Lord. And he says, the proper time shall arrive. Ye may communicate them to others. So that is the purpose that we have this. So that way we may go and we may communicate this to others, to preach the gospel to others, to bring others to the kingdom of God. Cornelius Lapide goes on to say, he says, and he assigns the reason as the office, it says that none of my words may escape you. He teaches us carefully to hear his words in such manner that we should carefully digest them in our hearts and be able to bring them forth for the hearing of others. So what is the purpose? And this goes right back to talking to Father Ezra, you know, the Dominican friars. What is the, and the message of the Dominican friars? What is the uh, motto? One of the mottos is to contemplate and to share the fruits of one's contemplation. And I think that it is not, is not limited to the Dominican friars. We can do this, you and I today. Let us hear the words of God. Let us study the gospel. Let us study what the church teaches Let's carefully hear the words that our Lord has given us both in scripture and in the magisterium and the tradition of the church. And, and we must carefully digest them in our hearts. Why? So that we may be able to bring them forth for the hearing of others. And I think that's the thing to take away from the gospel today.
Yea, and amen. Pseudo Jerome said, He who hath faith shall have virtue, and he who hath obedience to the word shall also have the understanding of the mystery. Again, he who, on the other hand, has no faith falls in virtue, and he who has not obedience to the word shall not have the understanding of it. Yikes, let's not do that. All right, praise be to God. Let's have faith. Let's have obedience. Let's have virtue today. And let's shine the light of Christ. Call now. Make your call to be our contestant. The game show is coming up next at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do not tell anybody what I'm about to tell you. You have to keep this secret. That's a deal. Then I will share with you all of my secrets and all of my agendas, starting with we like to teach the faith, so we look for teachable moments in the questions, and you might learn something about the Catholic faith that you did not know before. Praise be to God. That is a good thing. And then, of course, we like to laugh, we like to have a good time, and our callers are the best. They have a good time with us, they laugh along with us, and we really enjoy that. They're wonderful sports. 
And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes this a winner for everybody involved. Praise be to God. But if you're new here, I have three Catholic trivia questions sitting in front of me, but I do not ask the caller the questions. So they don't need to know the answers. They could not know a single correct answer and still win the game. And the reason why is because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then every correct answer goes on into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Well, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, the sponsor of our game show this week is us, Catholic Drive Time. This week, you have an opportunity to win a copy of the Seven Sorrows Devotion. It's a small prayer book that I compiled compiled and hand-bound, actually, based on the prayers of the Via Matris, or the Way of the Mother. It's a counterpoint to the Way of the Cross, and this devotion follows the Seven Sorrows of Our Blessed Mother. Included in this week's prize are other CDT goodies, including an autographed uh, Catholic Drive Time mug, so you can take a sip from your trusty CDT mug in the morning and meditate on these uh, these uh, the sorrows of our Blessed Mother. Now, the Blessed Virgin Mary grants seven graces to the souls who honor her daily by saying seven Hail Marys and meditating on her tears and sorrows, and the devotion was given to us by the Blessed Mother through St. Bridget of Sweden. Each meditation is accompanied by a beautiful image to help facilitate that meditation on that particular sorrow of Mary. All right. Praise be to God. Looking forward to giving that prize pack away tomorrow, so you get three more chances tomorrow. If you don't get on the game today, call early tomorrow and you'll get your chances, too. So let's go to the phones. Anne-Marie, good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God, calling in from Germantown, Maryland. We haven't had a Maryland call on in quite some time. It's good to hear your voice. How are you? I'm good. It's nine degrees here. Nine degrees. Wow. We have, like, a dynamic equivalency of that here. It's like 45 degrees right now. Where I'm oh, my sitting. heart's breaking for you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It feels like nine degrees. It, exactly. That's my point. It feels exactly like like nine degrees uh, to you. We'll I'm see. Sure. <laughs> now, I understand you have a prayer request. Let's jump into that real quick. Well, what's going on? What do you need prayers for? Uh, my mother got last rites on Friday, and we're trying our best to uh, do what we can. Amen. Well, we'll be praying for her. Can, did you mind sharing with her with us her first name? Marie. Marie. We'll be praying for Marie today. We'll include her in our prayers at, at our Holy Rosary with my family today for sure, but but you can be rest assured that our audience will be praying for her as well. Lam Marie, I know you you know the game. You have your own game that you play with us every Sherathon with Marian Apparitions, but you've played this game before, although it's been a while now. So is this your first time playing with Rudy? Not at all. I still think you're the trickiest, Joe. I am the trickiest? Uh, I don't know. I am here for you. I'm on your side. I am your teammate in the game, navigating the difficult waters of Rudy and Adrian. Uh, so I'm not sure what you what you mean by that at all. Are, are, are you ready, Anne-Marie? I have been so ready, Joe. Okay, let's do this. Are you ready, Joe? I am. Praise be to That's God. I am. Uh, let, let's start with Rudy, as is our tradition. Rudy... Are you ready? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, jawohl. <laughs> Rudy, can you tell me what term refers to the ability to bear trials and wrongs patiently for a long time? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, when a difficulty arises, I suspirate. So I'm going to say suspiration. Suspiration? Mm-hmm. Mm, I need to 
pull up my dictionary. Suspiration, you say? That's correct. Huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, Adrian. That's me. Can you tell me? Uh-huh. What term refers to the ability to bear trials and wrongs patiently mm -hmm. for a long time? Mm-hmm. That Rudy's answer seems a little sus, so I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> longanimity. I definitely need my dictionary today. Longanimity, you said. Longanimity. Longanimity. That is correct. Mm. Okay. Well, let's chew on this one, Anne-Marie. Here we go. Adrian seems to think it's longanimity, uh, the ability to bear trials and wrongs patiently for a long time. Uh, whereas Rudy says it's called, what'd you say it was? Suspiration. Suspiration. So suspiration, Rudy, longanimity, uh, Adrian. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Anne-Marie, what say you? Races. What? What? Races. No. The Lord gives us graces to stand the trials. You got to choose between Rudy or Adrian. Which okay, you... I'll take Adrian. Oh, on purpose? <laughs> like publicly? Like you're just no shame. No shame. Congratulations. It's long anemone. What is suspiration, Rudy? It's when you do a deep sigh. You know, like you're. Oh man, I can't believe this. Yeah. Thank you. I, I so relate Thank to this question. Thank you, Jesus, this for is this like, trial. Oof, this question is the question of my heart. I was going to say parenthood was my answer, but what are you going to I still do? say graces. Graces. Our Lord give us graces to go through our trials. That's true. Longanimity was the correct answer. Uh, the Bearing trials and wrongs patiently for a long time. All right, you're in the cup, and marie praise be to God. I think we can double your chances today with this next question. We're going to go to Adrian. Adrian. That's me. What is the title of the prayer or tribute offered to God or the Trinity. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the difference is between God and Trinity, by the way. Uh, consisting of the Gloria in excelsis and the Gloria be to the Father. The glory be to the Father. What do we call mm. that? Prayer. Yes. Or the title of it. And that is called the invocation. The invocation, mm -hmm. you say. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Invocatari. Okay. Makes it way better when you say it that way. Yep. All right, let's go to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me what is the title of the prayer or tribute offered to God consisting the Gloria in excelsis and the glory be to the Father? What do we call that? In the Mass, yes. Uh, it's what's known as the doxology. The doxology? Mm -hmm. Hmm, that sounds... Not to be confused with the dogsology. Right. <laughs> The what? Yes. It's a handbook on how to raise your dog. Oh, is it? Yeah. I did not know this. <laughs> so you're saying doxology. Doxology, yes. Okay, sounds like something a, a Dominican might say. A doxology. All right. Uh, Anne-Marie, here's the deal. Um, Rudy seems to think it's called the doxology, whereas Adrian seems to think it's called the invocare or the invocation. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Anne-Marie, what say you? A tricky one, Joe. Well, I don't know what you mean. Exactly. I'm thinking Adrian. Uh, 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 oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, Invocare is not okay, a word. It was tricky. Uh, doxology is the correct answer, but I got to be honest with you, Emery. That's how I feel every time you call in a Marian apparition during the share of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, just... you guys need to do a little bit better looking them up because well, I'm finding a ton more. Well, we have to look them up while also continuing to raise funds for Category. It's a little <laughs> difficult, but we, we try, though. Can we get an answer key next fun. time? Yes, give us the key <laughs> next time. That'd be better. All right, do Doxology was the correct answer, but I'm going to tell you this next is the Hardest easy... question I've ever had. It's the Hardest easy... Hardest question. 
absolutely the easiest question. This is the hardest question I've ever had. All it's the super easiest. Are you ready? Here we go. Back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me? Or rather, can you name for me the first glorious mystery of the Holy Rosary? Glorious mystery number one. Number one glorious yeah. mystery. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the coronation of our Blessed Virgin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I love the coronation. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. Queen of heaven and earth. Imagine being it. there. Queen of the universe. Of and all things based. Okay. Yeah, let's see what uh, Brother Adrian has to say here. Adrian O.P., can you name for me the first glorious mystery of the Holy, Ro- Holy Rosary? Whew, this is a hard question. I don't know. I mean, this. I mean, let me give it. Let me think about it for a second. Uh-huh. Let me. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. I'm contemplating. Yeah. Okay. I think I got it. Don't hurt yourself. Okay. Please. I, I'm already hurt. My brain. Do you need is someone kaput. to spot you? I mean, I don't. I don't <laughs> Honestly, it's a. It's <laughs> a little rough. workplace hurt. You know. It's a little accident. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. But I'm gonna go with the resurrection. The resurrection, the resurrection. as the, the first resurrection. of the glorious mysteries. It, yep. That's what I'm going with. Okay. Yep. Well, Anne-Marie, tough choices today. Uh, Adrian seems to think the resurrection is the first glorious mystery, whereas Rudy says it's the coronation. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Anne-Marie, what say you? Rudy is the, the fifth, and Adrian is the first. <laughs> so, so is you. You, so, you, went, you gave me five, and then you gave me one. So, Root, so Adrian is the is it adrian's your answer there we go (laughs) (laughs) praise be to god and rosary is like forget it now you know two three rosaries a day exactly um, don't have to worry about the rosary i got that one down pat wow i thought that was the hardest question which is why i said it was going to be the easiest see i I told you i'm on your side i thought it was gonna be i am here to advocate on your behalf i'm still confused these other two but anyway Praise be to God. Anne Marie, you're in for two. Congratulations. Uh, We're going to, it may be God's will, who knows, to pull your name out of that coffee cup of divine providence tomorrow. We'll have to see. Now, if you'll just send us that uh, Marian apparition key of answers before the next (laughs) Sherathon, our life would be totally complete. I don't have a key of answers. Ah, the old, I don't have the key routine. I'm doing it boots on the ground. Sure. Well, then just email me the link when you... When you choose them. The dog ate it. I think yeah. I've got a link? No, no, no. I'm inspired by the Holy Spirit before I call you guys for the share of All right. Praise be to God. Ha- uh, thanks for playing our game. We had fun with you, Anne-Marie, today. God love you. God bless you. We'll be praying for your mother as well. That's going to do it for the radio side of our show. God love you. Join us in the after show. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. 
Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Angela Marici. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Sing with all the saints in glory, sing the resurrection song. Death and sorrow, earth's dark story, to the former days belong. All around the clouds are breaking, soon the storms of time shall cease. In God's likeness we awaken, knowing everlasting peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done, in what I have failed to do, fault through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, to you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. May the Virgin, St. Angela, never fail to commend us to your compassion, O Lord, we pray, that, following the lessons of her charity and prudence, we may hold fast to your teaching and express it in what we do. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the second book of Samuel. After Nathan had spoken to King David, the king went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, Lord God, and who are the members of my house that you have brought me to this point? Yet even this you see is too little, Lord God. You have also spoken of the house of your servant for a long time to come. This too you have shown to man, Lord God. You have established for yourself your people Israel as yours forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. And now, Lord God, confirm for all time the prophecy you have made concerning your servant and his house, and do as you have promised. Your name will be forever great when men say, The Lord of hosts is God of Israel, and the house of your servant David stands firm before you. It is you, Lord of hosts, God of Israel, who said in a revelation to your servant, I will build a house for you. 
Therefore, your servant now finds the courage to make this prayer to you. And now, Lord God, you are God and your words are truth. You have made this generous promise to your servant. Do then bless the house of your servant, that it may be before you forever. For you, Lord God, have promised, and by your blessing the house of your servant shall be blessed forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord God will give him the throne of David his father. The Lord God will give him the throne of David his father. Lord, remember David in all his anxious care, how he swore an oath to the Lord, vowed to the Mighty One of Jacob. The Lord God will give him the throne of David his father. I will not enter the house where I live, nor lie on the couch where I sleep. I will give my eyes no sleep, my eyelids no rest, till I find a home for the Lord, a dwelling for the Mighty One of Jacob. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. The Lord swore an oath to David, a firm promise from which he will not withdraw. Your own offspring I will set upon your throne. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. If your sons keep my covenant and the decrees which I shall teach them, their sons too forever shall sit upon your throne. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He prefers her for his dwelling. Zion is my resting place forever. In her I will dwell, for I prefer her. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Is a lamp brought in to be placed under a bushel basket or under a bed, and not to be placed on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be made visible. Nothing is secret except to come to light. Anyone who has ears to hear ought to hear. He also told them, Take care what you hear. The measure with which you measure will be measured out to you, and still more will be given to you. To the one who has, more will be given. From the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. the area of evangelization from the earliest times the church has always kind of encouraged an approach to say you know when we encounter different cultures around the world even different beliefs which are not Christian to kind of be on the lookout for premonitions of the truth or, or seed forms of the truth 
which can then be further explained and brought to the heights of the fullness of truth that we have in Jesus Christ. Uh, one obvious example of this that I can think of is in the middle of St. Peter's Square in Rome. There is a massive rock monolith, an obelisk, which came from about 1850 BC Egypt, was transported to Rome and was placed originally in the center of what was called the Circus Vaticanus, which is right beside the site of where modern-day St. Peter's. And the obelisk for pagans was a spiritual symbol or a sign of the vital flow between heaven and earth or between the gods and the people below. And of course, in the early church, what the Christians came along and said was, well, <clears throat> there was something to your thought of a vital flow between heaven and earth. And really, the communication between heaven and earth that we have is really found in its fullness in Jesus Christ. He is truly the one who communicates to us the life of God. He is the one who opens up the pathway to heaven. And so they took this obelisk, they placed it in the middle of St. Peter's Square, and they crowned it with the cross of Jesus Christ to say, he is the unique mediator between God and man. He is the one who opens up the gates of heaven to we human beings here below. In other words, they took a belief which the pagans had, which maybe had a premonition of truth. They purified it, they corrected it, and they moved it as a preparation toward the fullness of truth in Jesus Christ. Today's gospel kind of reminds me of one of those elements where you hear phrases used in society where maybe there's a premonition of truth to it, even if we would reject it in the way it's used. And that is you hear a lot of people say, you know, what comes around goes around. Doing this will come back to bite you or that will give you bad karma if you do such a thing. It's kind of a nebulous description that if you treat other people poorly, expect at some point in the future that's going to come back to bite you and you'll be treated poorly. As I mentioned, while we would reject the notion of karma or any kind of cosmic superstitious forces at play in our life, in some way today's gospel when we hear Jesus say, the measure with which you measure will be measured out to you, to the one who has more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. In many ways, it's really a description of God's providence. That God in his providence who is at work in our life, sometimes when we are doing something wrong and we have a blind spot in our life about that, many times the only way we recognize it is when it happens to us and we realize kind of the unpleasantness or the injustice of treating someone in such a way or doing such a thing. And it kind of opens our eyes, hopefully, to say, oh, wait a minute here. I didn't like that very much, and I, I do the exact same thing myself. I suppose it's the old adage that when you point a finger, you've got four fingers pointing back at you every time you do it. But I think it also is kind of a reference to maybe what we could call the laws of spiritual physics in terms of this point to say, the one who has more will be given, which is really to say, to the one who applies himself to living the love of God and the love of neighbor in life, they will experience a deep and rewarding satisfaction in life because they are truly living according to our God-given purpose. 
and their capacity to love and experience love grows the more we apply ourselves to live these greatest commandments that Jesus has given to us. And conversely, to the one who has not, or the one, to the one who loves not, there is a kind of closeness to that position which winds up isolating a person and winds up leading to unhappiness, unfulfillment in life. And that too is really kind of this laws of spiritual physics or God's providence to point out the path of sin, the path of isolation, the path of selfishness, it is not the way to true fulfillment in life. And these things have really already been written in our nature by God as his providential guidance to be able to lead us toward the truth of life and to experience the fullness of life and to lead us away from those things that take us from our proper end in life, which is communion with God. And all of these things we really would call God's providence, that what we experience in our day-to-day -day life, our Heavenly Father has an interpretation, he has a hand in it, or he permits it to happen, but all of it we are to be able to understand in the context of how is God leading me to live divine charity in a greater way in my life, and how is he leading me away from sinful positions that take me away from his love, from his grace, and from his charity. I suppose in the first part of today's gospel, when we hear about the light being placed on a stand and not underneath a bushel basket, it's kind of a principle, too, to say that, you know, when you light up a dark place, oftentimes you'll see the little critters and vermin kind of very quickly running away because they don't like the light. And same thing in the spiritual life, when the light of Jesus goes on and we see things in our life which are incompatible with him, well, you can't kind of put the light back on and say, I wish I never saw that. I don't want to see that because I don't want to change. The light has to stay on top of the lampstand and we have to be able to root out those things which are incompatible with God's love. And in God's providence, he is helping us along in that path all the way. And so today, my brothers and sisters, let us give thanks to God for his fatherly care, for his providential care in our life. Let us ask him for the grace that we would always strive to live divine charity, to live the love of God and the love of neighbor in our life every day, that our hearts would constantly be expanded to his grace and to his love. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and for all bishops that they would be inspired by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and experience the healing touch of Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers, for all those joining us online, and for those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. God, whose almighty word 
chaos and darkness heard and took their flight. Hear us, we humbly pray, and where the gospel day sheds not its glorious ray, let there be light. Savior, you came to give those who in darkness live healing and sight, health to the sick and mind, sight to the only blind. Now to all humankind, let there be light. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands. Praise and glory of his name for our good and good of all his holy church. As we proclaim your wonders, O Lord, and the Virgin, Blessed Angela, we humbly implore your majesty that as her merits are pleasing to you, so too our dutiful service may find favor in your sight through Christ our Lord. Amen. <clears throat> The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your heart. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father. Almighty and eternal God, for in the saints who consecrated themselves to Christ for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, it is right to celebrate the wonders of your providence by which you call human nature back to its original holiness and bring it to experience on this earth the gifts you promise in the new world to come. And so with all the angels and saints, we praise you as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni Sunt Celia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, 
for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat reinum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo ed in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis horiae, et imite nobis debita nostra, Stimitimus, debitoribus nostris, nenus intercostationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, and that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccatamundi, 
Miserere nobis Agnus Dei Quit holis peccatamuni Dona nobis pacem Behold the Lamb of God Behold him who takes away the sins of the world Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. All else be not to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, Thy presence, my light. Be thou my wisdom, and thou my true word. I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father, thine own may I be. Thou in me dwelling, and I one with thee. Let us pray. Renewed by partaking of this divine gift, we pray, O Lord our God, that by the example of blessed Angela Marici, bearing in our body the death of Jesus, we may strive to hold fast to you alone through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Go make of all disciples, we hear the call, O Lord that comes from you, our Father, in your eternal word. Inspire our ways of learning through earnest, fervent prayer, and let our daily living reveal you everywhere. Go make of all disciples, baptizing in the name 
of Father, Son, and Spirit, from age to age the same. We the prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hey,